0: Someone or some persons, perhaps Kodak employees or perhaps White House officials involved in the talks with Kodak to get this to give this loan, illegally traded the stock using this knowledge and ended up making an absolute killing when the share price skyrocketed
1: over the next couple of days. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Podcast, episode 21. This is your host, Ben Cohen. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. Mike, how are you today, my friend? I'm excited, Ben. I'm excited to vote for
0: president next year after Trump has <laughs> lifted the delay on the presidential election. We're going to be able to get him out of office a little later than we thought, but we're going to do it. No, um, yeah, I'm, I'm horrified By Trump suggesting that uh, the election be delayed, which can only be, the election dates can only be set by Congress for the presidential election. Trump may not have known that, but uh, yeah, the election is not going to be delayed and hopefully we will vote his incompetent orange ass out of office.
1: What do you think that was about? What What's your inkling? Like, you know, is this part of a strategy? Is this does he actually mean this? Like, uh, what's What's going on in his um, his uh, brain? I mean, I use the term brain loosely here, but what's <laughs> going on inside his head?
0: Well, he tweeted that right after it was reported that GDP contracted last quarter by thirty three percent, and some people are saying that he did that to shift focus away from that, but I, I don't know because this is this tweet is not great. This tweet, as I said, it's horrifying. It's it's horrifying to me. It's horrifying to a lot of people, you know, especially probably a handful of people, maybe ten percent of the people who voted for him in twenty sixteen, see a tweet like that and probably think, well, you know, this is this is kind of this is what they do in third world countries, in banana republics. And this is the president of the United States saying this I'm not cool with it. So maybe he was trying to distract away from a horrible economic figure but there could have been a better way to do it. This moves us
1: into like uncharted territory. We say this like almost every week we're in uncharted territory but but genuinely like this is a new level of kind of this is a new low. You know, I mean it is let's be clear about this. This is an impeachable offense. You know, it's a complete it's it's almost You know, had this been any other president in history, had made this suggestion, they would have been impeached. Like, there's just no question about it. Uh, But, yet, you know, for Donald Trump, this is just another day of the week. You know, this is just Thursday. You know, Um, there's no, uh, you know, Republicans condemned it. You know, or they didn't even condemn it. They just said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to vote when we when we should. They didn't condemn Trump. Interestingly, Uh, they just they just said it was a bad idea. Uh, but yeah, you're right. No, I mean it's completely—it's insane. I think he was trying to distract from the economic news, uh, and I, but I also think that he is—you know—he's serious. He's—he I think he understands like how how screwed he is. Like he's in deep, deep, deep trouble, um, and he is—you know—things are going to get crazier from here on out. You know, this is just a preview of what's about to happen over the next uh, the next next couple of months.
0: Yeah, the next three months. Trump's going to get increasingly desperate. He and his surrogates are going to inject all kinds of poison into the discourse. Conspiracy-laden, batshit, crazy theories and rhetoric. They are going to try to mess with the election. His toady at who's heading the U.S. Postal Service is? they're slowing down mail deliveries, which obviously has major implications for the sending and receiving of mail-in ballots, which, as we know, Trump is extremely hostile to, even though he himself voted by mail this year. And he seems to be making some weird distinction that doesn't exist between mail-in voting and absentee voting, when these are really the same, these are the same thing. When you vote absentee, you vote by mail. He's sowing doubt. He's saying it's going to be rigged just like he did in 2016. The problem is he's president of the United States. So if he has a problem with the result of the election, and he will almost – he almost certainly will if he loses – He actually holds the power. He won't just be some carnival barker on the outside screaming impotently into the night. He's going to be president. And who knows what
1: he's capable of in a situation like that this is the worry this has always been the worry about Trump Uh, you know this is what I was concerned with as soon as this guy came on the political scene um, and as soon as it became you know as soon as he became president and this is why I was so vehemently against him uh, and why I think conservatives who turn against Trump are actually kind of they understand they really do genuinely understand what's happened and why this guy is so dangerous because this is this was he was always going to do this you don't get somebody like Donald Trump you don't get someone with these autocratic tendencies Coming in and just leaving quietly, you know. This is why you know I, I would I would vote for almost anyone over over Donald Trump. I would vote for Dick Cheney over Donald Trump. You know, I would take that because I think that Dick Cheney would leave office after he you know after his time was up. Yeah, it would be dis- uh, it would be a disaster. But you you definitely think that democracy you would you would be fairly confident believing that democracy was going to cut was going to survive somebody like Dick Cheney. But democracy won't necessarily survive somebody like Donald Trump. You know, democracy isn't just like it's just not just a right. You know, like I think as Obama was talking about in his eulogy um, uh, for John Lewis uh, recently, he said uh, yesterday, he said, you know, basically said that that, that you have to work at democracy. It it has to be cared for. It has to be nurtured. Right. Uh, Someone can come in and destroy it. Yeah, you know, just like that, and that's exactly what we're watching. Like, this is how we're watching a textbook example of how a democracy dies, you know. And uh, I, you know, this is this is why I have always thought that um, you have to get this guy out at almost any cost, right? Because the the if he stays on, if he stays on illegitimately, that's it. Like, there is no more democracy left in America, you know. And uh, we we now know that Republicans are not going to stop him. I watched that eulogy that Obama gave.
0: Yet another reminder of the stark difference between what a president is and what Donald Trump is. Clinton spoke. Bush spoke. I have major problems with those men's presidencies. And I do also have some issues with Obama's presidency. But it was nice to be reminded of how a president should at least sound it was nice to be reminded of a time when the president wouldn't do something ridiculous or say something stupid. And you could just forget about the president. You could forget about politics for a day. And now we have this situation where we're constantly reminded, not only of politics, but how gross and fucked up they are. And it starts at the top. And so as I was watching that eulogy, that Obama gave, I was, I was like, you know, man, I I miss this guy. I had issues with him, but I, I would I would do anything, I would do anything to have him in office right now
1: instead of the guy we got. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you know, it's like the Biden presidency, right? It's like you don't have to love the guy, you don't have to think this guy is the, you know the best option that we've got. You don't have to think any of that stuff, but it's like okay look he can string a sentence together and like you say you don't have to think about him every single day right if biden's president hopefully he becomes president hires six highest competent people gets a lot of stuff done behind the scenes doesn't make a huge deal out, out of it uh, and governs without you know you know, without much fanfare. That's that's and that's what a president kind of should do. You know, if there's a crisis, it comes out, calms the nation down, um, make sure the the government is doing its job pro- properly. Uh, you know, that's what you want a president to do, really. You know, and and now, you know, this is this is what we're basically accustomed to now is this constant adrenaline we like every morning it's an adrenaline dump you know you're just like oh for god what did he do today like what is this week's scandal what's the impeachable offense that he's committed again so yeah i mean it's the, the the eulogies for john lewis were just yeah it was it was a reminder again of like like what what this country has lost what this country has given up and what this country now deems as being a normal everyday occurrence and you know yeah like the Obama speech was particularly sad because because Obama was an exceptional communicator and he was an exceptional you know he'll go down in history I believe as an exceptional president given the political climate he governed in you know the, obviously I have my issues with Obama too um, but compared to this guy I mean it really does show you you know, it's white privilege in action, really, isn't it? Like Donald Trump's presidency, it's like the, the sort of bottom of the barrel, the kind of trash, the the, the, the god awful trash. You know, who would be relegated usually to reality television? Now, who's bankrupted like almost every business he's ever been in, and this guy's president. Right. And was it Obama like Obama? What did he have to do to get elected? This guy had to be not just the smartest guy in the room, but he had to be the smartest guy in the room times 10, you know, to get elected president. And even then, when he was elected president, he was basically blocked from doing almost anything by Republican Congress and Senate. You know, so again, like the sort of I don't know, the, the contrast was just. Glaring it was just glaring, and even George W. Bush. Yeah, bring that guy back. You know, at least he respected the democratic process. You know, uh, he's one of the worst presidents in history, George Bush, until this guy came along. Well, George Bush had a high body count. He he did he did, but you know, it's one of these things where I'll take that over Trump electing himself um, dictator, because then who knows what happens in the future. You know Trump's body count. Ca- I mean, look, Trump's body count is in America at the moment. One hundred and fifty thousand dead Americans, which didn't this just didn't need did not need to happen. The body count could have been ten times lower than it than it is, right? And and so this guy's body count already is is already is high. And if he elects himself uh, supreme leader, who the hell knows what he could do in the future? You know what he's capable of doing. What this guy is capable of doing. The 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 sort of um, What's the word? The chaos that this guy is capable of unleashing is he's making the system, the global political system, extremely volatile. And that is what worries me. What worries me is how volatile he make, he's making the world uh, and what that could lead to down the line. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, obviously it's like Dick Cheney, you know, like I obviously despise Dick Cheney and I despise George Bush and their political agenda. But yeah, you, know, you at least you know it's going to be over in eight years.
0: I struggle with this question like worst president, George W. Bush or Donald Trump. And it's like, okay, in terms of the stuff that we can measure, body count, money spent, it's not even close. It's George W. Bush owns that. But Trump has done something bad that can't be measured. And that is, you know, make conspiratorial, highly partisan discourse part of the mainstream and, and making it okay to hate out loud. You know how people talk about up oh, saying the quiet part out loud again? That's what Trump has done. He's made it okay to say the quiet part out loud again. Like, for example, when he tweeted to suburban housewives that Joe Biden wants to destroy the suburbs and tweeted that he will not allow affordable housing to come to the suburbs, right? Which is like not even coded language for minority housing in this case. You know, it it goes back to like Reagan talking about welfare queens in Chicago. But this is just like totally in your face, direct, blatant, Racially charged language designed to appeal to scared white people in the suburbs, and and also casting the free press as fake news. I think that has also done an immense amount of damage that really can't be measured. So, in terms of the stu- in terms of the tangibles, George Bush way worse. But what Trump has done, and, and I don't know if this makes him worse than Bush. Maybe it does. Maybe he doesn't. There is a lot of damage that he has inflicted on the country that just can't really be measured. And we don't know what the long term consequences are going to be. They will be significant.
1: Yeah, I I think what you're saying is extremely fair. You know, look, and again, I. I, I definitely don't want to sound like I'm a a George W. Bush apologist. I thought that his his presidency was a spectacular disaster, and I thought that they, you know, I thought Bush and a lot of his his cabinet should be in jail, you know, for for basically for war crimes. Uh, so it's not like I have any love for George W. Bush or Dick Cheney, but I do think, yeah, like you say, that there's something different about what Trump is doing, you know? And I think that now, I mean, I wrote a piece this week in the, in the, in the banter that the U S is now a failed state. And by most definition, by most kind of measures, the you, it's hard to see how the U S is anything other than a failed state, right? That, that, that Trump has has basically gutted the federal government he's politicized the department of justice uh, he's pr- proved himself completely incapable of responding to this pandemic um i mean he's botched he's botched it at every conceivable level he's he's wrecked um the federal government's response to this like he's failed to organize a national response he could he couldn't even tell americans to wear a mask or or do social distancing right like really 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 basic stuff that would have done a lot to to flatten the curve um and i think that like you know like you were saying um there's something that he's doing like this the the sort the, the, the racial politics the fact that he can't even be bothered to disguise his racism anymore um You know, this is doing something to the country, like pouring gasoline on on on, you know racial tensions in the country, uh, sending federal troops into into areas of protest. These are things that I don't know whether you come back from this. I don't know how the country comes back from this, like after this massive overreach, the culture war that he he's found the flames of. uh, I don't understand how that can be calmed now. Right. I mean, I don't you know, is does Biden have the political sort of talents to 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 put out this file? I, I, I don't know. Like does any politician? Have the ability to kind of heal the wounds that this guy has ripped open. I I, I don't see it, you know. So I feel that, like, you know, this is there. There are a lot of intangibles, you know, that that you you can't measure. Right? Yeah, body count. Um, George W. Bush is is, is obviously is he is worst, but there are these there are these other factors that you can't measure necessarily in terms of body count. Even though Trump's body count is pretty fucking high,
0: it is high. It's unnecessarily so he had this aversion to masks. And finally, in the last couple of weeks, he's kind of opened up toward them. He called them patriotic, but he's still, you know, he's still not really leaning into the mask thing. And and who knows a mask could have saved the life of Herman Cain, who died 2012 presidential candidate, big Trump supporter. Uh, He was at the Tulsa rally that Trump held about a month ago, and Herman Cain was there. He wasn't wearing a mask. He wasn't social distancing at all, like most other people there weren't doing that stuff. So we don't know if he contracted it there, but it wouldn't be surprising to learn that he did. And look, it was Herman Cain's decision to go to the rally. Okay, he's his own man. He made his own decisions. But if Trump had done the responsible thing and not held that rally at all, Kane wouldn't have had to decide whether to go or not, just like the rest of the people who were there wouldn't have had that option. And if he did get it at the rally, he would probably be alive today if Trump didn't need his ego massage by his fans all the time. And just more a general, more, more general point about the pandemic and our response to it, It's amazing to me that we have several states that have shut down and are now reopened that are experiencing record high numbers of COVID cases, record high number of hospitalizations, and a record high number of deaths. And yet they remain open in a lot of cases. Take Florida, okay? Florida reported two hundred and fifty three deaths from coronavirus on July 30th before Florida shut down and during the shutdown, the state was averaging like two or three dozen deaths per day. So my question is, if 30 deaths a day or so was enough to shut a state down, then why is 250 deaths in a day not enough for the state to shut down now. I mean, we're seeing seeing the same thing in in places like Texas and Georgia and California and other places, and there's absolutely no talk of shutting down again, at least not statewide. And it seems that we've just decided that instead of trying to stop out COVID-19, we're just saying, you know what, we're gonna live with it and we're just gonna wear masks and go about our business. And I gotta say, schools are gonna start reopening with in-person learning. And I'm pretty sure that will definitely not decrease the spread. Call me crazy, but I just thought I'd put it out there. And so, like, I guess my my point is maybe if we had a leader that set a good example at the national level, even the governors of his party, like Brian Kemp in Georgia, like Ron DeSantis in Florida, maybe those governors would have acted differently. And Greg Abbott in Texas, maybe they would have been a little quicker on the draw to implement measures designed to flatten the curve. Maybe they would have been a little quicker to implement mask mandates or any mask mandate because there is no mask mandate in Georgia or Florida statewide. Maybe instead of worrying about pissing off Trump in trying to reopen the economy and get everything back to quote unquote normal, maybe they would have actually listened to their experts, but no, instead they listened to Trump and the types of doctors that we saw in Washington holding that ridiculous press conference, spreading
1: lies and misinformation. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to kind of have any empathy for people like um, Herman Cain when you have this kind of these le- levels of ignorance. Will is it, what do you, would you say willful ignorance, or just? I mean, do they genuinely believe it? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they believe it or they, they it's willful? I don't, I don't understand. This is what gets to me. I, I, you know, I'm really on, you know, do you think that for example, Herman Cain genuinely believed it was bullshit or do you just think he was doing it to own the libs?
0: I have no idea what Herman Cain thought as an individual. I will say there's a tendency on the right to downplay the risks of COVID. If not outright think it's a hoax who knows what he thought individually but i do know there's we all know there's a strain on the right that doesn't take this very seriously for whatever reason
1: yeah i mean and look you know like um speaking of uh trump's apparent like new you know his new tone on um on the coronavirus right and his all of a sudden like his now he realizes how bad badly his uh, election re-election chances are, he has decided to take the coronavirus seriously, um, apparently, right? So he has this – apparently the media was making a big thing about his new tone um, where he's finally actually list- listening to medical advice and telling Americans to follow the advice of – actual doctors, which is what he didn't tell them to do in the first place or urge any of the governors of these red states um to do either uh but now do you you see how long that lasted for that lasted like a few days um until he started retweeting this batshit crazy group of doctors who who staged a this is all funded by um breitbart and the tea party patriots for america i believe and it's called they're called the um the america's first uh Sorry, America's frontline doctors. So this is a group of bonkers doctors who believe that um, you know COVID nineteen isn't a huge deal that you shouldn't, you don't need to wear a mask, and that hydroxychloroquine, Trump's favourite medication, is is actually you know we've got the cure that you can use hydroxychloroquine and it will it will treat um, uh, coronavirus, and then Trump retweeted it. Uh, and defended this group of doctors that was, you know, that was spreading online with New Agers and, uh, and Trump supporters. And so one of them, one of these doctors, Stella Emanuel, uh, it turns out she's from Houston, this woman. So it turns out that she claims um, that the physical, basically uh, a lot of disease um, comes from uh, alien DNA and the physical effects of having sex with witches and demons in your dream in your dreams he said that uh, gynecological problems like cysts and endometriosis are in fact caused by people having sex in their dreams with demons and witches this is from the Daily Beast by the way he alleges that alien DNA is currently used in medical treatments and that scientists are cooking up a vaccine to prevent people from being religious Okay, so this was one of the, uh, the, the prominent doctors in this group of um, doctors who dressed up in, in in white gowns and stood outside, uh, I think they stood outside Congress a lot, uh, earlier this week, and this has kind of spread like wildfire. And Trump's defended them, and uh, so this new serious tone by Trump has lasted less than a week. You know, he can't help himself, right? And 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 he's sticking to this whole hydroxychloroquine nonsense because he touted it early on as a life-saving drug uh, and then it was disproven so obviously he wants to be right and show that he's right so now he's basically he won't let it go he won't let hydroxychloroquine go so he will support retweet um, uh, anybody who says that hydroxychloroquine is safe so this is like another one of these another Trump idiot who got uh, infected with COVID-19 Louis Gomer uh, apparently now he's taking hydroxychloroquine. Uh, he's taking hydroxychloroquine to cure his COVID-19. Because why? Well, not because a doctor recommended it, but because Trump recommended it. Now like, this is where we are right now. This is, I mean we're in cuckoo land now, right? Where this is like our reality. That this is the medical advice coming from elected officials. Someone who believes that. Um, gynecological gyna- 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 problems are caused by people having sex with demons and witches in their dreams. Like, oh, really, is this where we are right now? I mean, can it get any crazier? You know enough not to ask that question. It, it uh, yes, I know. It can get crazier and it will get crazier. I know. But this is like, you know, this hydroxychloroquine thing has really tr- been troubling me because it's spreading so fast online and it's gaining so much, um, support from new age, new ages and Trump supporters that are, conv- they are convinced there's a huge global conspiracy to stop, to stop people from taking hydroxychloroquine. Right. The only reason why this is because, you know, Donald Trump said it was effective. Right. As soon as the medical, as soon as medical experts say it's not effective, then apparently there's a, there, it's a huge conspiracy and that's exactly what you need to take in order to survive COVID-19. When it's been shown in three major studies not to work, Right in, in in three of the major studies looking into this, uh, so one of them funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, by the way. One of the government trials funded by was was in part funded by Bill and Melinda Gates was shown to be completely ineffective. In fact, one of the, the France is where the I, I believe in France was where what the uh, the first evidence came out that hydroxychloroquine could be effective in the treatment in the treatment of coronavirus. Then it was shown. Um, You know the study was shown to be flawed, and then after a while, the French government intervened and stopped and basically banned the use of hydroxychloroquine because it wasn't effective and it could actually um, be—I don't know if it was harmful—but it was it was completely useless. So they stopped the trials. But not in America. You can still get it. Apparently now, Ohio, like Ohio, has now uh, rolled back a ban on hydroxychloroquine. So now you can prescribe a doctor can prescribe it. If you ask your doctor to prescribe it in Ohio, you can get hydroxychloroquine, even though it doesn't work. You know, it does work
0: coronavirus relief money for people, and they're not getting it Uh, as of now, but they can get hydroxychloroquine, which doesn't work. But when it comes to extending unemployment benefits, that is very much up in the air. So I'm going to throw some numbers out. I mentioned that the that GDP contracted by a third last quarter, 30 million Americans are unemployed, 30% of Americans missed their housing payments last month. We've got a looming eviction Armageddon and the United States Senate, specifically Republicans led by Mitch McConnell, has been dicking around. McConnell's uh, his own caucus can't seem to agree among themselves what should be in a new relief bill they don't want to they they want to lower the extra unemployment benefits people are getting from $600 a week to $200 a week that's a non-starter for the democrats the republicans in the senate they're at odds with the white house over what should be in the bill trump wants the bill to include money for a new fbi headquarters in washington dc trump he's got this He's got this weird fixation on FBI headquarters. You know, it's long been discussed that. What's that about? What's that about? So, yeah. So for a long time, they've been discussing moving FBI headquarters to suburban Maryland or Virginia. But Trump really wants to just tear down the Hoover building and, and build it on the same site. And so this bill, he wants almost $2 billion, I think, in funding for this project included in the coronavirus relief package, which the Republicans in the Senate, they're not too keen on the idea. But the Trump International Hotel in D.C. is located a block away from FBI headquarters. I don't know if he thinks this is it was viewing this in business terms or something like that but he has this weird fixation on the location of fbi headquarters and this is actually a sticking point this is right now this is one of the sticking points in the coronavirus relief bill because the white house wants it in there really really badly
1: and nobody else does yeah, it's it's bizarre, right? It's just it's just weird. What? Yeah, I I don't know. I struggle to understand what his thinking is. But then obviously, you know, I don't think he thinks that much. Um, you know, what goes on in that man's brain is, you know, who who knows? So, I mean, I, I've also been thinking a lot about this. Um, Uh, you know, what's going on with the unemployment, the unemployment extension and the second stimulus bill uh, and all the, the kind of basically the attempts at Republicans by Republicans to sabotage this, what is going on here? Like, I'm having a really hard time trying to figure out what their game is here, right? Because you would have thought that with an election coming up, they would be, trying to grease the economy as much as possible by pumping as much money into it as they can, right? Specifically to people who are just about to be evicted and uh, basically their base, you know, a lot of their base, a lot of poor white people in swing states, right, are going to be in dire straits over the next few weeks if they don't get relief quickly. So I don't understand what their political calculation is here. Why are they holding this up? and what's the you know are they are they just leaving trump out to dry do they realize that trump is completely screwed so they're going to try to sabotage the economy so that when biden gets in uh, you know they would have tanked the economy already i, I don't understand maybe you, know, do you do you have any theories on this i think that's one theory i think the republicans
0: figure that they're going to lose the white house and so They would like to leave Biden with a giant smoldering pile of dog shit and try to dare him to get out of that hole while they try to block everything that he does, like the Republicans did with Obama. Uh, Another theory is that, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of Republicans, most Republicans in Congress, just aren't in trouble politically. Most of the, the House seats. Uh, that they have aren't really competitive. Yes, there are several that very much are. The the Senate seats are more competitive, including McConnell. I think McConnell, you know, because it it's going to be fairly easy to point to him as a villain in this. And he is up for reelection. Granted, it's going to be a tough hill to climb for Amy McGrath. But McConnell is acting like he is, you know, like he's senator for life. And that he doesn't have to worry about his reelection prospects. Maybe he's right, but there are others that, that do, like Cory Gardner in Colorado, and Martha McSally in Arizona, and Susan Collins in Maine. Those three are the most vulnerable. But at the end of the day, most Republicans in Congress they don't have to worry about getting reelected this year. And I guess those that uh, you know are going to maybe face a, a tough race. In two years or four years or six years, depending on what their seat is, uh, maybe they figure that their fealty to Trump won't matter. Uh, maybe that they'll th- they think either that this will benefit them because they're in in deep read a Trump country, or maybe they figure their constituents will just forget about the time they went along with every single thing dear leader Trump said and did. So but I think I mean, those, are, those are the two most likely possibilities, wanting to leave uh, an ash heap for Biden and the fact that most of them don't have to worry about their seats this year, at least, because they're either not up for reelection in the Senate or they are up for re-election in the Senate, and they are re- up for re-election in the House, but it's just not a competitive race, or they don't have any challengers.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right to me. But I mean, you know, do you, do you agree that this is politically devastating for Trump if they can't, if they won't pass a uh, um, you know sensible uh, a sensible package, a stimulus package? um that this is politically incredibly damaging for Trump like I think that that's pretty pretty much you know a given right
0: I would say it is very damaging for Trump
1: so he- here's what where I'm thinking I'm thinking the only thing that, that that makes me happy about this is how miserable Trump must be because of this right he must be beside himself thinking like why won't these guys you know the Republicans need to Uh, need to come to an agreement with the Democrats over this, right? He must be absolutely desperate for a deal, right? Because ultimately he's going to be responsible for it. If they slash unemployment benefits, um, You know, uh, and the Democrats won't come to the table. Ultimately, he's going to be the one paying the political price for it. So he must be he must be getting really fed up. And I think that's also what's leading to Trump's sense of desperation. Right. This is I think that he is now starting to come to terms with the fact that the Republican Party is going to leave him out to dry. Right, that they just will realise that the guy is useless, that he he's an albatross around their necks, and there's not much more they can do. Right, so they're going to basically hang him out to dry. They're going to divert money and resources and attention away from the general election. They're going to try and save as much of the Senate as they can. Uh, and this must be making Trump absolutely sick. Um, so that's the only benefit. That's the only upside I can see to this. Is that of of how. Um, insane Trump, Trump must be going right now. He must be like really beside himself. We can
0: only hope. And boy, what a what a low bar when the silver lining we have is, well, everything is shit, but at least Trump is going out of his mind. Although who knows, this could backfire and just further his descent into
1: craziness. But I think that, you know, look, I, and, and I've sort of you know, I think that this is a political strategy that is worth pursuing: is to make this guy go as crazy as possible, right? The more, the more, um, the more distracted he is from the current from um, you know, dealing being a re- Mr. Responsible, right? Uh, dealing with the coronavirus. So basically, all Americans want him to do is to focus on the coronavirus and do something, right? So the more he can be distracted, the more he can be um uh, what's the word uh, taken off of his game where i say he's not focusing on 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 being a president on actually being a responsible president the quicker we can get this this guy out of there right in that um you know he'll be completely off but he'll spend all, all of his time you you don't want this guy spending any time on the coronavirus right because he's comp- he's proved himself completely fucking useless anyway right so you don't want him looking at this problem at all right the best we can hope for right is that people listen to governors uh, and then wait until there's a responsible um a responsible president in power who's actually going to provide some some real help and real strategic thinking so i think the best thing to do now is to keep basically provoking him like take the guy make the guy go as crazy as possible right because the crazier he gets the worse he does in the polls Right, the more his his numbers tank, right, because he's doing everything other than what people want him to do. So, I think that that's the best that's the best way of dealing with it. Right, troll the guy incessantly. You know, it's like, and I think that that's what the um, those guys at the Lincoln Project are are really really quite good at doing. Is they're very very good at trolling Trump and making making sure that he they're setting the agenda. They're setting the uh, where does what Trump talks about. Right. Trump wants to control the media narrative, okay, um, and and make the headlines. But you know you can take that away from him by constantly provoking him and making him get into you know Twitter fights and you know battles with you know over the Confederate over Confederate statues or whatnot. And I think that that's, that's the best way to take this election away from him. I could be wrong. I don't know, but that that's my thinking on, on, on the issue. I just hope he doesn't get so crazy he
0: tries to appoint himself president for life and uses the federal government as a way to do that the machinery the you know those goon squads we're seeing deployed in Portland and Kansas City and Chicago I hope those don't become his personal
1: Gestapo No no of of, of course right but I also think that you you know um this election is going to come down to independents, right? And the independents that are flocking to Biden at the moment, um, you know, they're moving en masse to Biden. Like, I mean, it's it's pretty – the numbers are, are very, very bad for Trump. So the more independents um, – I think independents don't like political um, – sort of chaos, right? They, they're they very anti-chaos. So the the independents want to see a kind of, you know, they want to see something, just responsible leadership. So that's why I think you've already seen the shift to Biden. Um, but the more, as I said, the crazier he gets, within reason, obviously you don't want him to go too crazy, right? Because that really could mean the end of American democracy, and it could get really, really nasty. But you want to push him to the point where he... he is he's basically doing anything other than 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 um, what Americans want him to do, right which is be focused on the coronavirus. and I don't say this because I want the coronavirus to win or like I want, you know I don't I, but I, what I do think is that while this guy's in office, we're not going to be able to deal with this pandemic. You know, there's no way we're going to be able to deal with this pandemic while this guy's in office. It's just, it's just not possible. So we have to get him out of there as quickly as possible. The, 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 you know, the more the more time he's spending on all the other nonsense he likes to do, uh, the, the better, in my opinion. Can we
0: talk about possible insider trading at the highest levels of the Trump administration?
1: Uh, yeah. What was that? That was today, right? So or just Tuesday. Thursday. Trump, right? This goes back to Tuesday. Oh, right, Tuesday, Tuesday in Trump world was another another so, potential impeachable offense.
0: Not a lot of mainstream outlets are talking about this story, but they should be. It involves Kodak and the White House. You remember Kodak, right? Film rolls, disposable cameras. Those guys uh, forgot they existed. Kodak is getting a government loan basically to pivot toward making chemicals that go into pharmaceuticals, that, that go into drugs, possibly COVID drugs. Who knows? They have, they have no track record in this area, but they're getting over three quarters of a billion dollars from the government. The White House announced on Tuesday, I hope it goes better than Kodak's foray into blockchain technology in 2018. Uh, That's what Kodak's strategy seems to be these days. Just, I guess, try to do whatever's in vogue at the moment and then fail at it. But putting that aside, the White House announced this loan on Tuesday, July 27th. And the stock promptly went from about $2.20 a share to $46 a share the next day. It's currently trading at like $26 a share. So that's, I mean, it's just gone parabolic since this announcement. But I wanna note the trading volume of this stock. The Thursday before the loan became public, only 75,000 shares of Kodak were traded On Friday, only 80,000 shares were traded. That's not a lot of shares. That is not a very liquid market. But on Monday, the day before the White House made this announcement that Kodak would be getting a $765 million loan to make drugs, the day before that announcement was made public, how many shares do you think were traded? Do you think it was between 70 and 80,000? Nope. 1.6 1.6 million shares of Kodak were traded on Monday, which means either someone or some people with inside knowledge of the loan, which that day on Monday was material non-public information, someone or some persons, perhaps Kodak employees or perhaps White House officials involved in the talks with Kodak to get this to give this loan illegally traded the stock using this knowledge and ended up making an absolute killing when the share price skyrocketed over the next couple of days. That's one possibility. The other possibility is basically an impossibly big coincidence that trading volume of Kodak shares jumped by a factor of 20 on no news that Monday whatsoever. And we do know the CEO of Kodak bought 40,000 shares of his company last month, but he said it was a pre-planned purchase and had nothing to do with any talks he might have been involved with involved in with the White House. In, in so, insane. It, that's, it's insane yeah So yeah so as far as we know there are only two entities involved in the talks Kodak and White House somebody is guilty of insider trading on Monday, July 26th.
1: Right, but I mean, what what happens? What is there, there's no oversight, right? So we're sort of, all this stuff is happening, all these kind of criminal, potentially criminal acts are happening, but there's now no no oversight because the foxes are guarding the hen house. So I don't, I don't you know, I don't, yeah, I think this is clearly, something incredibly corrupt and warrants a huge investigation. But I mean, we're probably going to have to wait, right? We're probably going to have to wait uh, in, until the election to, to, to focus on this. At least, if it's ever focused on at all. And look,
0: this kind of lax oversight didn't start with Trump. We've been trending in this direction for a while. But the Securities and Exchange Commission, headed by Jay Clayton, who Trump wanted to make or who Bill Barr wanted to make, uh, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. They're completely useless. Why even have an SEC? You know, the, we have seen just blatant fraud, insider trading, and other kinds of self-dealing just right out in the open. We've seen it this year with the sitting U.S. senators engaged in, in what appeared to be insider trading, but the probes into them have been dropped. Moderna, a pharmaceutical company, they have been engaged for the last couple of months in a a, just a classic pump and dump scheme. They have multiple times gone on television, CNBC to announce partial phase one clinical trial results, selectively chosen to say that they're making a lot of headway on a coronavirus vaccine. And that's very unusual. You don't have CEOs of major pharmaceutical companies going on TV to talk about phase one results. But that's what they're doing. And wouldn't you know, after those appearances, the stock price went way up. And what did the executives at Moderna do, including Stefan Bonsell, the CEO? They sold their shares. That's how close they are to vaccine. They're so confident in their ability to develop a coronavirus vaccine that they're selling their shares in the company. It just it stinks to high heaven. And it and again, and there's, stink, yeah. there's, there's also Tesla. They're allowed to get away with everything. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, hey, look, you're going to talk about Tesla.
1: I'm going to talk about Tucker Carlson.
0: No, I'm serious. You've got you've got Tesla. They're saying you can buy full self driving. I got news for you. Full self driving doesn't exist, and it's not going to exist for many years, if not a few decades. Okay. And Europe, several countries in Europe, just told Tesla, hey. You can't say your cars are full self-driving because they don't meet the level five, which is the highest level of that is full self-driving. They're not anywhere close to that. You can't use that in your language. But here they're allowed to do it. What they do is they capitalize full self-driving and then they have their own definition of what full self-driving is. And they're allowed to get away with this. And Musk is allowed to get away with breaking his deal with the sec where he's not supposed to tweet material information about the company unless it's pre-approved by a twitter sitter on the board of directors or wherever and yet he's out there still saying we're gonna have last year he said we're gonna have uh, a million robo taxis on the road by the end of 2020 he's not gonna have that how many times has he's had is he you know he's say, we're going to have full self-driving by the end of 2017, by the end of 28. And now he's just saying he has it. So what corporate America is allowed to get away with in this era of Trump, and I know it didn't start with him. Like I said, we've been trending in this direction for a long time, but we have basically rich people getting away with breaking the law. And it starts at the top. You know, if I'm in the corporate sector and I see the shit that's going on with the Trump administration and what they're engaging in and what they're letting people get away with, that's going to make me wonder what I can get away with. And I think we're seeing a lot of that in the private sector right now. And unless the SEC steps in and takes some real action against some of these companies, and unless the DOJ steps in and takes some criminal action against some of these companies and some of these individuals... This is only going to get worse and worse because people are going to think, perhaps rightly, that they can get away with just about any fraud they can.
1: Yeah, and and, and I think that's obviously one of the – again, that's one of the major dangers of the Trump presidency, right, is that it basically just legalizes uh, uh, criminality. You know there's all these things that you can now he's just he's now smashed through all sort of sort of um conventional norms he's sma- he you know doesn't pay attention to congressional subpoenas breaking the law now which is part of doing business in america you know this is what this is the trump we're now officially in the trump era of business right it, it's uh, uh you know zero oversight um and and complete sort of uh, naked, kind of smash—it's sm- basically smash and grab capitalism. I would say that would be like one of the best ways to think about what's happening right now. And I think that this potential insider trading thing is just another example, right? Of yeah, what can you get away with? While this guy is in office, what can we do? What can we what, what can we do without f- facing any consequences? which is again why boy would I love for Elizabeth Warren to um, uh, to be in Biden's um, Biden's cabinet in some uh, you know extremely prominent role in, in, in Biden's cabinet. I don't know where she would be most effective, but somewhere in financial regulation that's where I would I would hope that she ends up because she would not allow this kind of thing to stand
0: she would make a great sec
1: chairman i don't think she'd want the job though no 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 but i'm sure there may be another role for her somewhere else um, but uh, yeah no we're we're in a in a big uh, in, in a you know it's bad it's it's bad and it's gonna and it's accelerating um you know so again the only answer to this is to get out and vote in november across the board everywhere at every level of government you need to get these criminals out of office right that's the only way you can you can you know reset the tone and it comes like you said it comes from the top yeah, it comes it, it exactly it comes from the top um but look, i think on i think on that note i think we've uh have we left it on a positive note no we've left it on an overwhelmingly negative note again uh we keep trying to say something positive uh i don't know trump's really badly down in the polls is that that's positive uh, i think that's that's good news we didn't really talk about that this week but yeah you know it's it's increasingly grim so that's good um but yeah i think i think that's enough for for today um if you enjoyed this episode of the Bantercast, uh please uh, subscribe to the newsletter it's free every week uh if you would like to get access to um uh, premium banter articles you can do so by there's a 50 percent discount link in this email where you're seeing the podcast where you're playing the podcast from so just click the link and you get 50 percent off a banter membership And, uh, Mike, anything else from you, my friend, before we go? Also, if you like this podcast, please share it. Share it. Yes, exactly. Share the the podcast uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever you can. Maybe email it to someone. um, uh, And, yeah, we'd be forever grateful. All right. See you next week, everyone.